everybody. As you know, we're in sort of difficult times at the moment with the coronavirus and what's going on. And some of us, our close friends, may have passed away or got ill. Uh, I just want to make a note and best wishes to Simon Fan from Ultimate Fitness, who's a very good friend, very dear friend, and someone who I've never known say anything bad about anybody, always being good. So prayers and best wishes um, for his fast recovery. Um, apparently, he got into sedation yesterday as of uh, for two weeks. So, you know, best wishes to him and uh, really hope that, you know, he recovers. You know, he's one of the good ones. Um, you know, I've got a lot of messages about the corona, the COVID, what's going on, what's happening, what isn't happening. Um, and as everybody knows, it's probably one of the first times this sort of incident has happened or claimed to have happened. So there's all sorts of things which is going on. So basically, the intention of this sort of podcast um, is just to sort of shed a few light and, and people have asked questions and just to answer them uh, to the best of my ability. And I've been speaking to immunologists and virologists and doctors and microbiologists and various people and garnered information together. And um, so it's just an attempt at, at explaining really sort of what's happening or what we think is happening. Now, sort of in late November, uh, December 2019, the Chinese government announced that a virus was spreading and it was known as COVID-19. It was effectively declared by WHO as a severe acute respiratory syndrome related to the coronavirus 2. Now, you know, the question is, what is a virus? So a virus is essentially, it's a hole around genetic material and a few proteins. It's, there's a difference of opinion here, but it's not generally considered to be a living thing. And it can only make more of itself by entering a, a cell. It can spread through surfaces such as handles, doors, uh, and in this case, through droplet infections, coughing uh, and touching. Now, when it enters the body, the virus basically acts as a stowaway and it travels deeper into the body. It's ideally looking for the intestines, the spleen and the lungs where it can cause like a very dramatic effect. Now, as the lungs are lined with billions of epithelial cells, they act like a border or a buffer. And the corona connects to a specific receptor and then it injects its own genetic material into the cell. Now, cells do what they're told so the cell does what it's told and it follows the new instruction which is simply to duplicate and reassemble now at a certain stage a sort of final order is given which is like to self-destruct so it's the genetic material from the, the the virus now this order is given given as such and i'm, I'm simplifying this very very simply it's given when enough copies of it have been made so it sort of duplicated itself therefore in a matter of days it goes from millions to billions of the virus and it swarms the lungs um so it's like you know it swarms the lungs you get mucus and you get pneumonia like symptoms or like a lower tract respiratory infection uh, which is essentially what it is now what Corona does is something which is, again, quite unique, that you have your own immune system which is there to protect you. Now, in these particular cases, your, your immune systems, um, the immune cells, they'll pour into the lungs to fight the virus. And then because the Corona has already sort of sent signals in and deviated it, it sort of infects them and it's causing confusion within the cells. 
the cells communicate with the, via proteins called cytokines, and the, this causes the cells to overreact, and it puts the cells, i.e. the immune cells, into chaos, and it sends more immune, cell, uh, more immune cells in to sort of fight this infection off, which is wasting resources, and it's causing um, like a vicious circle. More cells are coming in, and more cells are then being damaged. Now, the two other important things which happen, one is the neutrophils which kill bacteria, and they sort of start arriving in hordes, and they pump an enzyme uh, that destroys the good and the bad cells. Now, then you've got the T cells, which, which essentially order the infected cells to kill themselves, because they're also confused, so they're also killing the good cells. Now, so if you were to simply look at it, that what the virus does, it reproduces itself, and when the cell has been sort of pillaged, um, it lyses, and then the viral cord gets into the surrounding cells. The virus doesn't want to really get anywhere. It's simply arranged in such a way, and it gives a bad cold to a cell with the right membrane. The virus has no intention. It simply does what that particular arrangement of, uh, of sort of a chemical process does. So when it hits a cell, it's um, it go you know it goes. Now one of the the most peculiar things of this virus is that uh, compared to other things, one of the first signs is is a lack of taste and smell. So this is one of the first early signals. Now if you go on the COVID nineteen research group, now since sort of December, January, February, and now we're ending March, there's studies coming everywhere from Sweden, from China, from Korea, from all sorts of places. And there's lots of conflicting studies and lots of data. One of the early studies was showing that ibuprofen was effective and it turns out that actually paracetamol is better than ibuprofen. There's one study which shows Ramapril can have a negative effect. There's all sorts of studies and they're all conflicting because this is something so new. Now, what will happen, most people who get it, they will survive and they, they will actually, most people may have already had it. They, they will actually, actually survive. Uh, some people, unfortunately, they won't. And, you know, anybody who's lost anyone or anybody who knows has got one, you know, I really hope from the bottom of my heart that everybody gets better. And the figures I'm giving, it's not putting down. The thing I strongly advise everyone to follow the government guidelines, not to stray for them, to self-isolate, to do everything what the government is saying to do, because it's a virus and anybody can get a virus. It's not uh, as if anyone is immune to it. It doesn't matter who you are or who you're not. Now, it's often mistaken that this is the first time that a sort of animal type virus has come into humans, but people who remember, we had the mad cow disease in the 80s. We've had swine flu, H&N1 in 2009-10, which was considered a pandemic. Um, at the time, WHO s stated that you could have up to 20 million deaths, and the figure which they then said was 18,036 people died, uh, and a between a percentage of 11 and 21% of the world population got it, which is 700 million to 1.4 billion, um, which led to the death of just over 18,000 people. Now, in... Um, in a, another study, which was completed, uh, the Revit study, in, on the 23rd of March um, in 2020, it was actually concluded that the swine flu didn't kill any more people than a normal flu at the time. So these figures were sort of over-exaggerated and, if you like, fear-mongering and um, 
it was people were overcautious. Now, of course, with any virus and with any disease, there has to be precautions. So, you know, I'm not arguing on the merits of these or, or against them or not, but it was considered that millions of people would die. And in fact, it wasn't the case. Now, if we look at the bird flu, H5N1, again, it was, it, when it first came, we were told that there's going to be, you know, hundreds of millions of deaths possibly. I mean, there's, there are studies, I could, I could quote studies all day long and then there's really no point. Um, vaccines were stored, all sorts of things, animals were cold, all sorts of sort of uh, things were happening. But since 2017, we haven't had a single human infection case. And at the time it was compared to the Spanish flu of, uh, I think 1918, I believe, that this could have up to 100 million deaths. And we didn't have that many deaths. Now, just to give you an example, and I'm, again, I'm going to repeat again, I'm not, you know, for, for one minute discounting that this is serious. It could potentially be very serious. Uh, I'm just sort of putting some figures into into proportion as to uh, what it is. Now, in um, now everybody's talking about this this thing being new, this corona, it's brand new. It's like it's only been here since November or December and... You know, as Trump called it, the Chinese flu or the or the the Kung flu, which was I thought it was quite witty. But um, now, if you look at the 25th of January 2018, it was reported in the press and in journals that 155 people had died from the flu between uh, October and January, and they were concerned that this was three times the previous figure. So this was on the 25th on the 25th of January. On the 1st of February, 2018, there were 231 people who died by the flu. And on the 25th of the 2nd, 2018, Intelligent Health, which is the company which the government uses, they had said that 33,464 people worldwide had died from respiratory tract disorder. Um, and this was strange. This was like something which was was you know, what was really going on. There'd been a rise uh, of people dying from this. And they estimated by the end of March, there'd be 45,000 people who would be dead from from the 10th of February to the 16th of March. It was estimated 45,000 people, which was the highest figure for 18 years. So bear this in mind now. This was going back to, to 2018. Now, uh, by... The 30th of the 11th, 2018, the Office of Statistics, which is a government body, that said that 50,000 people have died due to the ineffective flu vaccine. And one of the spokesmen said it was predictable, preventable, and it was shameful that this had been given to people and it was going to harm them or it wasn't going to benefit them and give people a false sort of sense of... Uh, of um, uh, of security by this and they all died of respiratory tract infection this is the key point i'm trying to make here is respiratory tract infection infections particularly of the lower lungs which then leads on to death now in 2018 541,589 people um were arrested dead in the uk which is an increase of 1.6 percent uh, from 2017 so that's no real big deal as such However, if you look, compared to 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18, there were higher deaths of people with flu-like symptoms or of um, 
pneumonia type symptoms or respiratory tract sort of infections now so really i mean what i'm sort of trying to say is that it's not unusual for people to die from respiratory tract infections now who states 2018 roughly four million people a year die from respiratory tract infections four million people around the world and if you look at another figure from 2018 uh, Apparently, 335 million people in the States got the flu, and of those, 118,000 people died. And if we look in Britain, you know, lots of people, you know, of a certain age, certain illness, certain immune system, certain diseases, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, lung disease, uh, they get certain illnesses, and then they, it leads on to death, unfortunately. And, you know, it is unfortunate people do die. Healthy people die. You know, people do die. So it's, it's sort of... You know, you, you live or you die. Now, uh, one of the sort of interesting things in the clinical microbiology review of October 2007, it was stated that a SARS COVID-like viruses could start due to the eating of exotic animals such as bats. Now, ironically, about six months ago, a good friend of mine, Rick Jones, some of you will know him, big powerlifting beast of a guy, and he's a very clever guy and we chat to him regularly and he'd mentioned this uniqueness of bats that they carry all these diseases and yet they're immune from disease themselves and i actually spoke a few days ago and um, because i remembered the conversation we'd had and so if you look if you look at through all of these these things that covid19 it's essentially a respiratory tract infection now we've got this huge panic on a massive massive panic on as to what's going to happen you know massive figures coming out I've, I've seen figures like 80 percent of the world could have it etc many people have already had it without even knowing so i mean we had sars last year and in march there was a conference in new york where they were talking about this sort of rise of of pneumonia type symptoms and uh respiratory tract diseases uh, it was also done in june it was done in september in beijing uh, there was an international conference, conference which the majority of the attendees were Americans, uh, British, Europeans, and they were uh, discussing this sort of rise in the last 12 months of respiratory tract infections and, and deaths. And anybody can look at this if you want to spend a couple of days looking at this. All these data is on there. This is not sort of not conspiracy data or, or anything like this. This is just actual clinical data of deaths and whatever. Now, one of the things which, which has happened in in the last sort of 10, 15 days, which we've seen from panicked toilet paper buying to, you know, people fighting over food and shelves empty, this completely selfish type of behavior people have shown in the worst type of human behavior, which, which you can show in a, in a Western civilized country, is that there's been panic. Now, you know, so this is causing anxiety. It's causing panic. And one of the things I want you to do, the perspective I want you to really look at, is something called the nocebo effect. Now we all know about the placebo effect. You're given, you know, you're given this drink to drink, and you're told, you know, you drink it, you're going to put on 10 kg of weight. You believe in the drink, you drink it. And look, look at that. I put 10 kg on a muscle on straight away. Now you also have the, the opposite of the nocebo effect, whereby you may be given it's a negative expectation of an event or a medicine so for example you're told that if you drink this 
it's going to give you maybe a minor stomach pain. And it could just be water. But the, the mind will make you believe that um, you've actually got it. You start feeling the symptoms of a stomach ache. It could be at your legs. And lots and lots of studies have been done. And one of the studies which I'll quote, it's a very famous one. It was where the doctors were stating it might hurt a bit. So they've given people basically sugared water. And uh, they had told them that it may, while you're training, it may make your legs hurt a bit. Now, what was happening, People were fe- some people were feeling similar, that they couldn't walk, that they actually found extreme physical pain they felt, and it was, it was through the mind that they'd convinced themselves, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, that this was going to happen. Now, when we have anxiety, so what I think is happening, and this is, again, this is not just which I've just decided at the top of my head. I couldn't actually get any doctor to come on with me, or an immunologist, or a virologist, and I was, and for, for various reasons, um... But one of the things which, which is is quite clear, is that people are feeling, feeling anxiety. Now, I'll give you another example here. Recently, I, two days ago, I did a test for someone who could barely walk. You know, he was breathing heavy, migraine fever. We did a test, and it was negative. Literally five minutes later, the guy's perked up, breath, and he's walked out fine. Yeah, nothing wrong at all. He'd convinced himself that he'd got the corona, completely convinced out all the symptoms. The test came negative, and it was like, no, I don't have it. The big relief is over. The anxiety is over. Now, if you look at the symptoms of anxiety, what do you get? You get rapid breathing, shortness of breath, hyperventilation, sweating, weakness, fever, in some cases, upset stomach, loss of appetite, headaches. You look at a panic attack, what do we get? And people can die from panic attacks, bear this in mind. What do you get? Rapid breathing, shortness of breath, hyperventilation, sweating, weakness, fever, upset stomach. Now, the reason I'm saying this is that, you know, everyone has to stay calm in this process. Many of us have had this SARS, corona, whatever you want to call it. We've already had it. You know, it's already happened. We've had it. We may have been ill for three or four or five days and we've recovered off it and we've had it. And I'm not demeaning anyone who's passed away and anybody who's ill by this. I mean, I'm certainly not doing that at all. But this panic which is being created, um, you know, we've got to go into self-isolation. The anxiety and this nocebo effect that I may have it, we're now coming to sort of, you know, March, April, hay fever symptoms. Just look at the stats for how many people died in February last year. Uh, Just do this for yourself of breathing-related diseases. Now, we recently had an 18-year-old person died. It was like a young person died. But look at how many 18-year-olds die of respiratory tract infection previous to this corona. And just put it into perspective, the, the government itself, and, you know, the government itself has declared on the 19th of March that COVID-19 is no longer considered to be a high consequence in, in a consequence infectious disease. And this is down to the low death rate of it, apparently less than less than 2%. Now, the government itself has issued this, this warning. So, you know, my only real objective of doing this is, is don't panic by it. Don't, you know, a lot of people will get coughs and colds. Uh, you'll get a fever. You, you'll have small chest pains and get infections. It doesn't mean that you've got COVID. By creating anxiety for yourself and then convincing yourself you've got it, because we've done 51 tests, which we've done here, 51 tests there was one positive test in that but all of those 51 people believed that they had it they all believed they had it 
but only one did. And that person, thankfully, has recovered now as well. I'm sure it might even be roaming around here somewhere. So what I'm trying to say here is this is not stuff which is, you know, I've just made it myself randomly or Googling or whatever. I've spoken to a lot of highly intelligent people. I've spoken to a lot of academic people. I've spoken to a lot of doctors. And I'm not going for these theories that this is 5G. It may well be. It's a different frequency. It may well be affecting our immune system. There's some people saying this is, you know, the greatest hoax in history. People have passed away. It's certainly not a hoax, but... You know, I don't know what's going on on the better thing. That, you know, we, we can also, a lot of people can see suffering financially. The world may not be the, as, you know, as it is, it, you know, this the whole new world order. It may have changed. It's definitely no Illuminati, Freemasonry, whatever stuff people are talking about. I don't know the, the conspiracies going on. The fact is that it's a virus and they always happen. Since the dawn of time, we've had respiratory tract infections. One of the things which, which, um, Mr. Jones, who lives in Jersey, and he's a fantastic guy. He's a very, very, very clever guy, and uh, it's an honour to to know people like him. And also, some of you may know my very good uh, friend, uh, Mr. Johnny Smith, which some people like, some people don't like. But regardless of the fact, the guy's fucking intelligent, and he knows his shit, as well as a couple of professors I've spoken to, Professor Yasin, uh, Professor Cole, um, they... They've, they all agree upon the fact that viruses have always happened. Somebody said this was a beautiful example of evolution, yet, yet tragic. It's a mutation, and viruses have always happened, and, and lower-level life forms uh, will, are always increasing. Viruses are coming, new viruses are coming all the time. It's, uh, they're always happening, and people are always getting ill. And unfortunately, within that, a certain percentage of person will die. Now, some of the questions which have been asked is that, can you get this twice? Very, very few cases, apparently less than 0.11% of people have had it twice. In some cases, we don't even know if the kits were valid or not. Now, in the last few days, there's been a lot of hoo-ha that kits are available. There's an issue with the, the accuracy of the nasal swab was considered to be the proper kit, where the, there's a nasal swab. A study yesterday, which I've got on my phone, has shown that it had a 30% inaccuracy rate. You've got finger prick test kits, uh, which are using a buffer solution, and uh, the government is not licensing one particular uh, company, which I don't want to use its name, but they claim to have a 98% success rate. But there's been an issue with a buffer solution. Uh, Germany itself has sort of said, look, some of the companies selling kits are illegal. Um, they don't work. There's all sorts of stuff. Um the kit may show that you're negative today and maybe next week you'll get it and you could be positive. So the kit should only be used if you're really feeling the symptoms. Now, if you if we go back to last year, simply look at the fact of yourself and your family and other people. How many people had a flu? You know, that thing people were saying, you know, I've got this thing, I can't seem to get rid of it, a constant cough or a cold. Or uh, We certainly know people in the gym and they had, had this constant sort of niggling cough, niggling sort of thing. And it was put down to SARS. Um but, you know, there, there was no, like, figure coming for it. There was no, like, stats saying, you know, 21 people today at a particular hospital came in with pneumonia or 21 people came here or 50 people came here. This is the first time whereby data is being kept. Britain doesn't actually have numbers for how many people get the flu, whereas as in America they, they do. We have numbers of how many people took the vaccine, 
which is like a government sort of policy, and that's controversial in itself. Should you take a vaccine or shouldn't you take a vaccine? Um, as we've seen ourselves, the official statistics themselves said that these vaccines don't work in a lot of people's cases. So we're not going to. I'm not going to get into argument about the pharmaceuticals and the conspiracies and all this sort of stuff. But ultimately, it's a respiratory tract infection. The unfortunate percentage of people where it gets full-blown and who unfortunately die is still very, very small in comparison to the sheer number of people who get it. If we discount China's figures, if we say China's full of shit, we're not, we're not going to look at China's figures. If we look at other countries, the number of people who've had the infection and the actual fatalities is extremely low. Then the fatalities are with the high-risk groups, those with respiratory problems, kidney problems, diabetes, various different problems. So they, you know, they weren't the healthiest of people in the first place. And then you've got some people who are perfectly healthy and they've contracted the disease and in some cases they've passed away. And if you look randomly across, across the systems, it happens. Today, I just want to give you an example. 14 days ago, somebody had a knee transplant and today they died of kidney failure not of covid but they died of kidney failure this is this is today these are some figures i've got from calling hospitals and colleagues and, and things like this so the real sort of message here is that don't panic you know don't certainly hold food and make it awkward for everybody else there's plenty of food around keep the government's um advice stay isolated as much as you can even though this is a bit strange, if you think about it in one sense, is that the people who are working, especially in hospitals, and we've had a big applause for the nurses yesterday, well, how about fucking cancelling their student loans or giving them a, a £10 an hour pay rise or something and applauding them and doing it? This was the same government who was talking about, you know, we, the NHS. I mean, I remember Tracer May was saying to the nurses that, oh, well, you know, you chose to be a nurse and you should live within your means. And it shows you the whole hypocrisy of the whole system here. But... That, that's for another debate here. But everybody stay calm, okay? If you've got normal cough-like symptoms, flu-like symptoms, you probably will get better. If you do get into respiratory breathing sort of problems, you'll have to go into hospital, and even then the vast majority of people will get better. The vast majority of people will. The government itself considers it to be less than a 2% mortality rate, and I'm not going to give you a figure. Just check yourself you know, uh, what is the mortality rate for pneumonia and for other illnesses? And check those figures and you'll see yourself that it's a lot higher than this. So the nocebo effect, which I'm talking about, and the symptoms of anxiety, don't get anxiety. Don't convince yourself you've got this. You may not have it at all. You probably haven't got it. Most of us have probably had it. And again, next year there'll be new viruses and there'll always be viruses. It's always going to happen. Viruses have always happened. They'll always mutate. It's always going to happen. This is nothing new here. You know, nothing new at all. And for those of us who can remember the 80s, there was a time when public broadcasting and government sort of views across the world was that 80 or 90% of the world was going to get AIDS. This, this was said. Again, research it. Go back. Just do a bit of research yourself that everybody's going to get AIDS. In fact, it came out to be a tiny figure. So... I'm not saying don't believe the government. I'm not saying believe the government. I'm not saying anything like this. What I'm saying simply is a, it's a very tragic and unfortunate respiratory tract infection. And that's all it really is ultimately. The, you know, I'm not a virologist. I'm just trying to explain very loosely what it is. Um, it's a virus. It enters the cells. It duplicates. It kills them. And 
this is what really happens. He puts his own data in, in there. But beware of the nocebo effect, beware of the, of the anxiety, beware of the panic which comes with it. And as I said, 51 people I tested who all had the symptoms of it, only one person had it. Okay, kits are going to be available very soon, within days. They're going to be between six and 10 pounds. They'll be available nationally across the country. Um, you know, be careful, be safe, don't panic. Look after your neighbors, look after the elderly. If you know people on your street and you can look after them, take them food, you know, just look after them. And above all, don't panic. It is a respiratory tract infection. Most of us will be okay. And anyone who's ill, you know, my prayers are for them, my best wishes are for them. And that's really all I wanted to say. It was, wasn't, it's not, you know, the, there are people in America and other people around the world and all sorts of things, you know, I've heard a very prominent immunologist in America who's saying this will be one of the greatest hoaxes ever in history. I don't know whether it is or not, I have no idea. You know, we've got theories about the new world order, getting rid of currency, all sorts of theories and whatever. Pfft, who knows? I don't know. You know, so everybody stay safe. You know, uh, wash your hands. Also, wash your face. It's instinct. It's a, it's a genetic instinct to touch your face. There's no point in washing your hands and then not washing your face. You know, also wash your face. Stay as clean as your, you know, basic normal hygiene. It's not fucking complicated to wash your hands. You know, it's not particularly hard. So just... Wash your face, wash your hands, keep as clean as possible when you go home, get changed, put different clothes on. Those who are interacting with the public, you know, be, be cautious about it, but don't panic. Ultimately, it's a virus. You're not going to be able to stop it as such. There's no, you know, unless you balloon yourself up in a cocoon, there's not much you can do about it. Okay, so that was, that was the only, the objective of this, uh, of this small sort of, introduction to the covid um any questions you can inbox me some of them i won't be able to answer i'll be passing them on to the smarter guys and uh, the people in, in this um immunologists and virologists and pulmonary specialists and lung specialists and they'll be able to answer them and everyone you know be safe out there uh thanks for watching and listening thank you